0: blog talk radio
1: A recruiting animal here on June 3rd, 2020. June 3rd, 2020. Okay. Uh, A totally irrelevant introduction, but I'll try to make it quick. Okay. Remember, in uh, 2016, there were lots of celebrities saying that they would move to Canada if Trump got elected, and in the end. None of them did. Well, people are doing that again, okay? This morning I saw a guy who moved to the U.S. from Canada, and he wrote that his great-grandparents came to Canada because they were being persecuted in Europe, and he himself left Canada 32 years ago for a better life in the United States. But now he says he may need to repeat the journey of his ancestors, right? (laughs) And go back home. I bet him $1,000 that he doesn't. Canadian dollars. I'm not that confident. Only Canadian. But here's why, okay? I'm so confident. I, I just said I wasn't, but I am. Anyway, Canadians know that the United States has always been more violent and has more racial problems than Canada, and we actually take great pleasure in looking down on the United States, okay? And he knew that when he left. We think we're so much better than them. He knew that. Plus, in the 80s, when he went to the U.S., lots of Canadians believed that the United States was being run by a warmonger, And there were lots of scandals on Wall Street. Remember, the uh, media was saying that the uh, general culture there is me, 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 it's greed and the yuppies. He still went. He went. So you think he's going to leave now? No. Okay? He'll just say anything. Because, you know, when people get excited, that's what they do. But I want to warn the young people out there. I sound like Don Cherry now. Listen, young people who haven't been around very long, I want you to know better. When you hear stuff like that, don't believe it, okay? Now, Jerry, Jerry! What show is this? Where's Jerry? The Recruiting Animal... Thank you, Jerry. That wasn't really Jerry with the tape. He didn't tell me he wasn't showing up. <laughs> okay. So I wasn't sure till, you know, till the last minute. Anyway, uh, we got a new sponsor. So before I tell you about the uh, regular sponsors, I'm going to tell you about Adams, Evans, and Ross. Now, that's a trick name because Evans is spelled E-V-E-N-S, okay? I should have made them change that to the normal Evans before I accepted them as a sponsor, but I didn't think of it, okay? Anyway, here's how they describe themselves. They're the credit and collection specialist for the staffing and recruiting industry, and they've got an exclusive recruiting animal show offer. If you place an account for collection this month, June 2020, you'll get 30 days free access to their door hire solution software, which locates missed placement fees and backdoor hires. And you can reach them at StaffingDebt.com. I'm going to change that for the future. Don't worry. It won't be so wordy in the future. Wilson Cole was on just two or three weeks ago. He was great, okay? So if you need collections, these guys specialize in collecting for uh, people who are cheating recruiters or whatever. Uh, And if you want to hear what uh, they're like, uh, listen to the show from a few weeks ago. I I found him very impressive. I'd never heard of him before. He's also got a lot of great stuff on YouTube, so you can get uh, a good sense of exposure. Uh, And also, if you go to StaffingDebt.com, you can can ask for – a free example of a fee agreement he tells you he says it's very important and he tells you what to do okay so the backdoor hire software by the way is if someone hires your candidate you know a few months later and doesn't tell you this locates them it helps locate them check it out okay adams uh, evans and ross dot staffingdebt.com okay plus we've got hire tool h-i-r-e-t-u-a-l the super duper sourcing tool recruiter dot net, the Swiss Army knife of recruiting software, and it. Honeit, H O N E I T dot com, the online interview recording technology. And I'll tell you more about them later. Okay. Oh, you know what? Michael Michael G Cox is here. Michael G Cox, do me a favor. Don't put yourself on mute today. Okay. Sometimes I need to talk to somebody, and Jerry didn't show up. Okay. It's just a
0: request. Okay. I'm here for you.
1: Yeah, I took a long time to get to the show, but you know what? I want to start off by giving the guest a hard time, okay? <laughs> I don't know her. Her name is Gal <laughs> Natel. Is it – how do you spell your – say your yes. last name. You, you got it. it. Natal. Yeah. Okay. First name is Gal, like she's a gal, yeah. G-A-L. Okay. Natal is – n a t e l okay and she's got a website galnatel@.com, galnatel.com. at uh dot com dot com uh, i build her as a recruiter but she's actually uh, expanded her uh range into uh, uh like a full h r consultancy she says she helps startups build an h r infrastructure is that fair uh gal
2: that is, is that fair yes. very good summary oh. thanks i know
1: okay great Okay, uh, and uh, but you know what? Your LinkedIn – sorry, everybody. I like giving a critique of their LinkedIn, the guests, and, Please, and nobody else is interested. Yeah, you don't have uh, anything under your contact info, no email address, nothing, okay? <laughs> What's wrong with that? Okay, I'll come. Yeah. And I'll tell you what – You've got all this stuff in your in your uh, website uh, in your about section about uh, you know HR infrastructure. None of that is in your summary section of your LinkedIn. Yes. You say oh, I'm a nice person. Yes. I'm a people <laughs> person.
2: That's not good. That doesn't mean anything. Change it, okay? No, I'll I'll, t- I'll tell you the reason for it. You're giving me a hard time. I'll give you an answer. I I I thought about it long and hard. Um, reason being, because I uh, I contract and I work with a lot of different companies, and I do different bits and pieces to for them. Um, sometimes I'll do executive recruiting, sometimes I'll do strategy, sometimes I'll do, uh, you know, employee handling. You're not doing uh, a good
1: job, uh, so I'm going to put something there that doesn't mean anything. I like to smile. That's no, no, no good, no, no. Hold okay? Up,
2: hold up. And you're a recruiter.
1: You should no know better. You go to people. someone's I, LinkedIn profile again, and it doesn't
2: say anything. I, again, I, I, am, I am very well aware of what's on LinkedIn. I, I've... I've Thought about it long and hard. Um, to be completely honest, most of my business is word to mouth. Um, very little of it is actually done through LinkedIn. Um, so, yeah, that's it. You know. Okay. I'm, Hold I'm, on. Michael G. Cox, are you with
1: me? Michael G. Cox, are you with me? Are you, are you uh, awake? I am here, yes. Okay. Here's yeah. what she has. Sorry, everybody, but she's fighting me, okay? <laughs> Here's what she's got in her about section. I can't talk to myself. She's here. fighting you
0: on something okay. very, very important, apparently.
1: Yeah, it says I pride myself on being a people person and strive to improve the experience of everyone I interact with day in and day out. Is that what you want to see when you're looking for an HR contract person on LinkedIn or a recruiter, Michael G. Cox?
0: I I don't know. I'm I'm not ever looking oh, for an Oh, yeah. no, I knew you'd out. Alright,
1: <laughs> Okay. Let's just go to the I've question. I've never
0: needed you... an HR person. Sorry.
1: <laughs> okay, uh, you you can't. Say. You you're, know what? He's also he, he here. He is. He's a recruiter, and he's saying, "I don't know. Oh, oh, she's outside of my uh, wheelhouse. Oh, oh, what a cop out!" And
0: if if she if she's gonna lead with anything, I would say you know, explain the three major headaches that you're solving on a daily basis.
2: Yeah, Absolutely.
1: Okay. Thanks. Thank
2: you thank for
1: you that. Michael I appreciate G. that. Yes. MikeRecruiter.com <laughs> sure. if you want to find out what Michael G. Cox does. He's an excellent recruiter, even though he didn't just put it on display at this moment. Okay. <laughs> now, now you wrote an article on your blog, <laughs> yep. although I have to tell you, I read an article by you on LinkedIn. You said, man, I am going to write so much on my blog. You've only got about six short articles there. Okay. Do you know what so, happened? I had a baby. No, I don't want to hear about it either. Let's just get to this, okay? No, hold on. You wrote an article. This is something I don't know about, pregnancy bias. You say men get a 6% pay bump once they have a child. For a woman, each pregnancy shaves 4% off the salary. Uh, You don't explain why that is, and you you don't say how it's significant for recruiters. So why don't you tell us that now?
2: Of course. So first of all, um, on that article, there is a, a link to um, a New York Times podcast. Um, Hold on a second. A uh, Kathy,
1: yep. Kathy, is that you with those spies on your line? <laughs> how did you know? I've been Well, oh, How could I, I
2: not know? Hey, Kathy, Do you want to say something? How are something? You? How you doing? You know what? I'm very lucky. In Southern California, there's two different strains of Corona. And um, one attacks your lungs, which would do me in. I would die if, I, if that happened. I would have died. The other is gastrointestinal, and that's what I have. And I got to tell you, I, I I stayed in the house for um, eleven weeks. I uh, did 11. not go out. I had you know masks. I had everything delivered. I wiped down everything with Clorox wipes. We had.
1: I mean, I couldn't have done more
0: tonight. Are not you sitting on the toilet it. all
1: day, Kathy? Are you sitting on the toilet all day, gastro? <laughs> it was, you know what? It was, wait, if you start waking up with dry
2: heaves for a couple of weeks uh, and you yeah. don't know why, that's
1: uh,
2: another. Reminds
1: me of college. Well, yeah. That was a nice question. com. Thank you for asking that. We're always but, concerned yeah, thank about you. Kathy. And I don't know how Help. long I'm
2: going to stay on because I'm really tired, but I miss you guys, so I wanted to just check in.
1: Okay, but no more comas, okay? No, <laughs> no, more no, my comas. doctor said I'm not going to have to
0: go to the hospital. I'll be okay.
1: Okay, I have to put you on hold though because you're that. gurgling, <laughs> and how can I hear, Gal? I'll come back to you if you're still here. You know, I'll come back, try to come back every few minutes, and and you can you know criticize her or praise her, whatever you like. Okay, okay. thank you, Kathy. <laughs>
2: uh-huh.
1: That's sorcerkathy.com. Okay, Gal, go ahead to this pregnancy yep. stuff, please.
2: Sure. So basically what happens, and and I'm almost... You're a young mother. You're a young mother. You've got, what, a two-year-old child? I don't know about young, but yes. (laughs) Yeah, I have a two-year-old at home. Um, And effectively what happens is, you know, when you hire someone and he's A young guy, and this might not be very PC of me to say, he's a young guy, he's getting married, starting a family, he just bought a house, his wife is pregnant, you know he's thinking about supporting his wife and kids. And I've seen it with employees where I've worked before, where I've been a recruiter before, all of a sudden their priority becomes the money, as it should, Hmm. right? As it should be all of our priorities. Um, And... As managers, as bosses, as owners of companies, um, there is a a bias, a subconscious, of course, bias that says, okay, well, now he has a family, you know, we better pay him or they're going to go elsewhere. Versus with women, they have a child, they take a maternity leave, they come back, they're they're a little bit out of sorts with what's happening in the industry, what's happening with the company, Um, their priorities have now changed. Their priorities – are now their family. Um, If the child is sick, you gotta leave early and go pick him up. There's a PTA meeting. You gotta leave early and go pick him up. Can you work after hours? Sure. Once the kid is asleep at 8 p.m. You know, so the priorities change, and that's reflected in the salary. Um, and it's it's very unfortunate. And again, well, you know what? the way you're the talking about it,
1: funny. the way you're talking about it, you make it seem like the mother is is not putting. She's not working as hard as the the guy. No, is. Not so,
2: at all. Not at all. I will tell you from personal experience and from the experience of others um mothers are the most efficient workers you had ever seen they know what they need to get done and they get it done quickly and they get it done efficiently they don't have time to bs in the office you know they come okay, in they but do that what sounds they
1: need like a, that's an hr issue then but it's not a recruiter issue i mean uh, it, it doesn't concern us am, am i right about that
2: um you know i think that it does concern recruiters um And and this in the U.S., and I'm sure you've you've talked about this before, in the U.S. now, um, again, I'm familiar with New York and New York City specifically, you're not allowed to ask people how much money they're making. You're allowed to ask them how much money they're looking to make. Um, And I find, based off my recruiting experience, and I'm sure that if I look into it, there was some research done about it as well, women generally undervalue themselves. And that um, stays consistent throughout their career. Again, they have potentially different priorities, right? They're looking for different things in their next job. Um, And so the pay gap stays and is sustained. Um, And I think that it's our job as uh, as recruiters to help close that gap. Right. Uh, and, and again, I, I, I realized that there's some sort of disconnect between our desire to close a job, to save the company money. Um, to so get hold the on. System. So what do we do?
1: What are you saying? So uh, you've got a, a female candidate yep. and you say to her, how much do you want? And she says, mm-hmm. uh, $100,000. And you say, wait mm-hmm. a second, you're worth $120,000. Are you crazy?
2: Is that what you're suggesting? So- No, but I have said before, by the way, to to women and to men, you know what? I'll be completely honest with you. What you're asking is a little bit low for your experience. This is our budget, and I'll see what I can do to get you to where you're meant to be. Okay, so I'm just
1: trying to keep the logic logic here. Okay, Mm -hmm. so women are modest in their claims because uh, they – have their uh, eyes on, you know, I don't know, flexibility to so they can take right. care of their kids, time flex right. something so like that. But, okay, so they undervalue themselves, not because they're pregnant, which is what you sort of were talking about, but because they have children. That's what you're yeah. saying. And the recruiter, if the recruiter is a decent person and fair-minded – Is going to want to uh, make sure they don't undervalue themselves, and also recognize that even if they have children, they're still going to be very reliable, as reliable as the male employees.
2: I'll I'll make I'll make one correction to what you just said. Uh, So actually, first of all, two things. So what the article, what I was referring to in, in the little bit that I wrote is that every pregnancy basically shaves four percent off their salary. It's not because they are pregnant, they get four percent less. So it's effectively for every child they have, for every maternity leave they take, right? Um, so that's, that's the one thing that's a little bit of a side note. Um, and I think that as, as, I wouldn't say as recruiters, but as companies, and I've, I've done both agency and in-house, um, as companies, I think that it's in our best interest to pay our employees fairly. Otherwise, you know what's going to happen? They're going to up and go to someone that is going to pay them fairly. So, to say that because we're fair people, that's not true. It actually serves their business interests because I don't need to tell you how much it costs to replace an employee. You know? Okay, but and if there's, if, a if there's, if there's, there's bias against w-
1: women, uh, mothers, against the board, Mm-hmm. Uh, then, is, uh, then no one's gonna uh, gonna pay them fairly, and you don't have to worry because your competition is just as, as as prejudiced and narrow-minded as you are. Is I mean, that again, right?
2: you can hope that you can hope that, right? But literally, all you need is one company in the industry, and I've I've been in that situation. I've been in the situation where our competitor, you know, said. This is what we're going to pay, and we're going to pay better than you, and we're going to pay that to everyone across the board. And whoever we have on the books right now that's not making that, we're going to give them a bump because we don't want them to leave.
1: Okay, does anybody – there's other recruiters here. Anybody want to comment? Do they notice that women are asking for less than men? MikeRecruiter.com, want to help me with that?
0: Yes, I've seen it. So when I was on the corporate side, I saw that – Occasionally, I'm not going to say frequently because, you know, sometimes maybe I didn't even notice it, but I did, I did see it happen occasionally. And the, you know, to, to the Testament of the, the, even the president that I was working for um, again, when I was in corporate, he would often make sure that everything was, everyone was being paid equally. And if a candidate asked for less than what we typically were paying, they would receive a nice little surprise. Well, I asked for this base salary of, let's say, 40000 and they ended up at 52000 as a base salary.
2: Yep. So okay, let me
1: ask something they, they, they here. They weren't uh, uh, willing were yeah. to save a yep. buck. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mike, I'm, I'm with G- you, and
2: I've been in the same situation. Okay. Michael
1: G. Cox, wait a second. Michael G. Cox uh, is a sales recruiter. Okay, yeah. so I'm wondering if women who are applying for sales positions are actually going to be more assertive. Uh, they're they're that you know more. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what term to use. It's going to be okay, but they're more assertive <laughs> in terms of uh, what they want okay, and, and they put themselves forward harder. I'm just wondering if there's a difference between women in different professions, specifically sales in this case.
2: Sure. So that's that's actually a really good question. I have done a lot of uh, senior sales recruiting in the past like, five years, um, and I do find that, um, generally speaking, women um, – don't play as much football. Stop as doing all
0: that sales recruiting. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I don't know about that, but we we can talk about that <laughs> after. Um, you know, right. but I I do find that um, what they look for and the questions they ask and what they put emphasis on, um, oftentimes is different. You know, and I I'm thinking back on the last uh, three. Uh, Senior examples, executives. examples.
1: The theme sure. of this show is examples. If you make a general absolutely. statement like that, yeah, 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 prove yeah, yeah. Prove it. absolutely.
2: Okay. So that's exactly what I'm saying. So the last three uh, senior female senior sales executives that I've recruited, um, which would have been Q3 and Q4, um, of 2019. And, and side note, I mentioned this to Animal. I, I just moved, so my head is, is not in the right place right now. Um, but um, all three of them, one of them, um, it was really, really important for her to get enough vacation days so she can go visit her grandkids in Florida. Um, and she negotiated additional, um, additional time off. And you know what? She got paid then um, her male equivalent in the exact same role that didn't negotiate for that because she made that a priority for her. And she took a pay cut because of that. You know, and what's going to happen is when she goes into her next role, that's going to carry over. Now, go and explain that, you know, you want the 25 percent. OK, pay you know what? But those weren't her. So wait, one standard.
1: minute ago we were talking about. A mother with young children. Now we're talking about a grandmother.
2: <laughs> of it's a completely course. So different again, I'm, I'm giving you uh, – no, no, no. Look, and and I'm giving you – we're, we're no, talking about women. women, and I think that that carries over, right?
1: Michael G. Cox wants to say something. Go ahead. Of course,
0: please. No, I was going to say animal doesn't matter. Still, we're, we're still talking about women and differentiation and mm-hmm. grades.
1: Well, are you saying, Michael G. Cox, that no grandfather would actually ask for his time off? I mean, we're not talking here about a woman who has to go to PTA meetings, has to pick up her kid, which is what we were talking about before, okay? Uh, no, I, I okay. Think give me another example. Okay, I made my point. But of course. Give me another course. example. Happy,
2: give me another happy example. Happy to give you another example. Happy to give you another example. Um, I hired a um, an inside a senior inside sales business development executive. Um, it was a remote role. Um, she was based in upstate New York. We didn't really care where she was based, um, and we hired her. And when I first spoke to her over the phone, I'm having this 10-15 minute conversation with her, um, and I'm loving this candidate. She's amazing. She has the right energy. She has the right attitude. She would fit in really well with the company culture. Um, and then I'm kind of dreading, okay, let's talk about pay. Where are you? And my jaw dropped where she told me what her compensation was. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about a woman that has uh, over 20 years of experience uh, doing business development, an animal I've hired, guys with, six years of experience doing the same thing that earned $30,000 more than she did.
1: Well, that was a great, that was a a present for you. That's fantastic. But we actually,
2: we actually, we, we ended up hiring her and we ended up paying her what our budget was, even though she came in well below budget, we gave her a Uh nice pay bump and she's absolutely loving her job and everyone is loving her. Um, you know, so can I explain why was she making so much less than her, than her male peers? I can't because I wasn't there. I didn't hire her for her last job or for the job before that. But all I can tell you that when she came to the table and I spoke with her and I said, this is a great candidate, you know, and she told me how much she was making, I, I was, you know, I was okay, a little upset Okay, let's cut about this
1: that. one short. Let's cut it short. Oh, we're going to do a brief ad, then we'll, we'll, then we'll move of course. on. Okay, everybody. Staffingdebt.com. Our new sponsor, if you're a recruiter, they specialize in making sure you get paid. If someone tries to cheat you, (laughs) to put it bluntly, they're the people to go to. And listen to, just a few weeks ago, Wilson Cole, C-O-L-E. He's great. He's very articulate, uh, and I've never worked with him, but Rich Rosen has, and he says he's very good. Okay, StaffingDebt.com. HireTool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. The sourcing software that everybody raves about on Facebook. All the great recruiters, all the great sourcers, they like hire tool. Honit, H O N E I T dot com. It records your interviews in audio, records them in video. It creates a full searchable transcript. And it also creates clips of the key questions. So you can send those off to the hiring manager. She can listen to the candidate. In his or her own words. Sell that sizzle. And finally, our good friends at PCRecruiter.net. Man, if you're a kitchen table recruiter in your mother's basement, they love you. Just as much as if you're in a big office tower. Not that anyone's in an office tower right now, but if you're on a big recruiting team, in a big office tower, in a big company, they love you too, okay? They're very flexible. Michael G. Cox knows they're configurable. And if you don't know how to configure your own software, they'll help you. Yeah, configurable. Thank you, Michael G. Cox. Okay. Okay. But, you know, Michael G. Cox doesn't agree with me either. Like, he's like Jerry, disagrees with everything I says, but just in a more mild, uh, a mild way. Okay, back to our guest, Gal Nattel. So uh, she is a recruiter obviously, but she's also uh, someone who sets up HR processes specifically for startups. Okay. And you said that the the onboarding process at a startup is uh, really important, but it sounds like it's, it's uh, handled generally in a negligent manner. Is that true? And how does it affect recruiters? If so? Uh,
2: so from, every interaction that I've ever had um, with hiring managers at startups, um, even starting at the recruiting process, you know, um, I get hiring managers that this is their first time hiring. They might be a co-founder. They might be a buddy of the co-founder that, you know, helped set something up. Uh, and now for the first time in their life, they're hiring. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to do proper onboarding. Um, and that hurts the user experience. In this case, the Canvas experience. Right. Um, when you go into a company day one, you don't have your computer set up. you everyone is kind of fumbling. They don't know how to answer questions about your medical insurance, about everything. You know, Whatever question you have, your phone one K, whatever the case might be. You know, you leave the office, you go home and you're like, what was that? What
0: did I just do?
2: Yeah. <laughs> what, what was that? Are these guys going to make it like, is this company going to fall apart in a month? Did I make the right choice? Do I you need to go back to the that drawing that board? That
0: happens at non-startup companies too.
2: This is true.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is
2: true. But, but that happens for different reasons, right? That happens for you know a lot of incompetency, perhaps, um, as opposed to with startups. Well, I think yeah, a lot it, of times it happens from place of like they just don't know. They don't understand yeah. the importance of it.
0: I, I think at, at larger or, or uh, older organizations. It happens a lot because a lot of that process was held by a person that left three months ago, <laughs> and there was it's like, Hey, well, Judy left. what do we do now when somebody shows up, and that guy's <clears throat> there, there's some stranger in the lobby who's been waiting there for three hours, yep, uh, yep it happens
1: yep. Okay, so exactly. hold on but a second. We're recruiters on this show so how 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 does should a recruiter uh handle that, especially you know with a startup or with a well established firm uh, when when you're on your intake session? should you start talking about the onboarding session that early
2: so i mm-hmm. do um, I do ask in the on in the um, initial intake call um, I do ask what's your onboarding process um, a lot of times again, from my experience with smaller companies but certainly happens with larger companies uh, newer hiring managers across all organizations. I kind of get this dodgy answer of like, Oh, we have something um, or we'll put something together. Don't worry about it. Um, and I think that it's our job as recruiters to first manage expectations with the candidates um, and second um, manage the hiring manager. Uh, and that's really difficult because frankly, like, it's not our job to help them do an onboarding process, or it might be my job, but it's certainly not your job, right, as a recruiter to help them create an onboarding process, but it serves you. Um, and on the flip side of it, help, ma- help manage the candidate. Let them know that, like, hey, look, you know, the hiring manager, uh, she just started a couple weeks ago. She's still figuring out the onboarding process, but don't worry. We'll make sure it's airtight by the time you start. Um, and how
1: do you make sure? Do you do so? Should the recruiter have a checklist of things like you just mentioned? Is the computer, is the person's laptop available? Is it is it ready to go? Uh, is uh, is there anybody going to show walk them around the place yep. when 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 they show up? Is, should there be a checklist like that of questions that you ask the hiring manager?
2: Absolutely. So I make sure that I speak to the hiring manager you know, two, three days before the person is due to start. Normally, you know, people start on Monday. So I'll get on the phone with them on Thursday and say, hey, are you guys ready? Um, You know, this person is coming in on Monday. He's really excited. Um, Is there like an onboarding email you want to send out to them so they know what to bring with them on day one? Um, you know, and I, I actually, I, I take the time to do that. It doesn't take much time. It makes me look much better, uh, both to the hiring manager, which
1: run through the questions you should ask the hiring manager or like, sure. what should you make sure of?
2: Yeah. I say, is the hiring manager in on Monday? So if I'm speaking to the hiring manager, Hey, I want to make sure that you're in on Monday, that you took some time, uh, in your calendar to meet with X. Um, did you talk to it? Like, is everything set up as far as system access, um, I find that a lot of candidates um, do ask, is there any reading material that they would like me to kind of run through before uh, day one? Um, and I, a lot, when that question comes up, uh, and sometimes even when it doesn't, I use that as a way to get into that conversation without, you know, with, with minding my own business, right? Um, so, you know, hey, what kind of reading material?
1: What kind of reading material are we talking about, by the way?
2: Honestly, um, I generally work with enterprise software companies. um, So Uh. it would be things about uh, features of the software, competitors. Um, These are the things that, like, were they expected to know them during the interview? Not necessarily depending on the role. um, But would it be really helpful when they start to have that information? Yeah. Would it take a lot of their time to read through a list of competitors? Not really. Um, so I do find that a lot of people ask that. A lot of candidates, and I hate to say it specifically, strong candidates um, do ask for that. The, the ambitious ones, the ones that kind of view it as a career move and not just like a job okay. change. So, uh, so you know
1: that. what? So, so is, is the hiring manager or someone going to be there to welcome the person? Is yeah. IT going to – have they given this person system access by Monday? Yeah. What else? Mm-hmm.
2: I, I ask if you have an onboarding plan, um, you know, and, and again, I've, I've done um, a lot of corporate recruiting as well, and in corporate recruiting, that looks like me going into the hiring manager's office, sitting down and saying, okay, who's going to meet with him Monday, Monday afternoon, Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon. Um, obviously, you can't be as hands-on, and it's not your job to be as hands-on um, as yeah. outside yeah. recruiter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me move
1: <laughs> you forward. Okay, we've only got two things settled. Uh, IT access and th- the guy's yeah. going to meet with the, – or the woman is going to meet with the new person. What's number honestly, three?
2: Honestly, yeah. as an outside recruiter, that's all I care about. As a corporate recruiter, well, I it, want to it, make sure they sit with HR. Michael G. Cox has to say something. Uh, yeah, please, uh, uh, of course. Michael G. <laughs> Cox,
1: go ahead.
0: Okay, so from the outside in, if you, you can certainly offer, hey, I, I can, can – I, uh, collaborate with your team, your onboarding team, whether that be HR or internal recruiting or somebody that's going to guide this person through their first 90 days. Yep. Um, and, and if if they refuse, then I you still do it, but you do it through the candidate. So you have like a a checklist. Hey, this week you need to accomplish these five things. Connect with these five departments, and you you can provide like a a PDF that they're going to print out and write down, this is my person in HR, this is my person that I need to speak with regarding benefits. And so by the end of that 90 days, they have all of the information that they need to answer any of the questions, whether it be just IT I mean, well, okay, be a well you know what what said Gal said.
1: What Gal said, though. What Gal said, and she said. So, so we're spending a long time on this. I I I like it. So sorry, everybody, if you're yep. bored. Uh, so. But uh, here's the thing. Gal said, you know, they don't have an HR person sometimes, and you just have to tell the candidate. I mean, this place is is a bit of a mess still. Uh, you're not going to get that stuff easily. That whole well, checklist of maybe information. Maybe you're not going to
0: say it's a bit of a mess. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to say?
1: <laughs> Especially to your own
0: cl- candidate. You're going to say, Honestly? hey, look, this is a startup organization. Yep. And, and by the way, you signed up for this. You're, you're not going into sorry. IBM where they've got all of their, you know, I's crossed or, sorry, T's crossed and I's dotted. <laughs> yep.
2: Yeah, okay. And what I've, about this stuff? Up, a time uh, Gal, here. what
1: about he said a 90-day plan? Uh, so yep. – uh, you, should, should every candidate before uh, or new hire uh, have uh, all the expectations for the first uh, 90 days clear, about, or, or 30, 60, 90? Should that be clear? I, I, don't, I have to admit I've I never think asked
2: for like I think the hiring manager needs to make that clear very early on. Um, I think that's the hiring manager's job. As soon as a person starts, to call it day one, day five, that, that to me is irrelevant. They need to know what's expected of them. If you don't know what you're being measured up to, how do you know if you're doing a good job? How do you know to ask for help? Uh-huh. You know?
1: Shouldn't that be ava- on, on, Shouldn't Then, then why, you should ask that in the intake session, right? And the candidate should, should know, you know when they're going in, or, or at least the recruiter should know way, way early. Am I right or wrong about that?
2: I think that if you have um, a strong relationship with the hiring manager, with the company, um, and you have a lot of trust there, 100%, absolutely. Um, And again, some candidates ask you that during uh, Uh your conversations with them. If a candidate Um, goes into the hiring
1: manager for the interview, if the candidate goes into the hiring manager for the interview and says, look, I'd like to know what your uh, expectations are, 30, 60, and 90, Is is Mm -hmm. the hiring manager going to see that as uh, too aggressive or putting them on the spot or uh, will, 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 will the hiring manager get nervous about that? Or is that a welcome question?
2: So I think it depends on the hiring manager and it's a part of the candidate's job in a way to read the hiring manager, to read the room. If they have a hiring manager, um, that has been doing this for a long time, has been with the company for a long time, has been bringing results, knows exactly what they're after. That hiring manager better have a question on 30, 60, 90. You know, um, if they're working with a hiring manager that very clearly this is their first or second hire, and they're not entirely sure on where things stand. You know, on one hand, yeah, maybe it would kind of scare them off and they would come across aggressive, but frankly. They still need to know that
1: information. Michael, so I'm going to switch to Michael. Michael, because yep. he brought it up before. Do you do you make sure that the hiring manager knows the 30, 60, 90 hasn't fully articulated?
0: Hey, again, if going from the inside, from the outside in, if they'll allow me, yes, Happy to provide a quick like I, I have a 90 day plan that I'll provide a candidate when they're going into an organization. I'm happy to provide the same plan to the hiring manager and say, by the way, this is what they're going to be looking for in their first week and then their second week and, and it goes through and, and if you want, give them all of the stuff that that's on this list up front but no so, hold all on i'm not sure are, are, are you giving the, the
1: candidate thirty sixty ninety or are you giving the company the candidate's yeah. expectations I'm giving the candidate
0: a thirty sixty ninety that's going to include everything from like Hey, here's your first 90 days. You know your boss, your role, your success, and then and then moving forward after 91st day.
1: Okay, I was and, thinking more it was like quota. How many how many co- connections? The metrics for your 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 first little while. I'm gonna no, do an ad, everybody. No, no, Another no, short is, ad. Hire two uh, 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 <laughs> Don't talk over me, Michael G. Cox. I didn't ask you to be exactly like Jerry. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Hire Tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, the super duper sourcing tool that everybody raves about. All the great recruiters, I'm, I'm not lying about that. Go to Facebook, go to any discussion group, they all love it. HireTool.com, Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T.com, the online interview recording technology, audio, video, uh, searchable transcript, plus clips that you can send to the hiring manager. Honeit, dot tcom and PCRecruiter.net, the super configurable recruiting software that's good for kitchen table recruiters or super-duper big companies, okay? Because it's very customizable for any kind of recruiting as well, Pcrecruiter.net And our new uh, sponsor, Wilson Cole, over at, I'm just going to give you a staffingdebt.com, debt com. They are focused on doing collections for recruiting companies. Okay. Gal. Still yes. with me? Still here? No, you know, you're a good guest. Okay. I think you I just want sure. to tell you, you're easy to talk to. Okay. You like to talk. I have to guide you sometimes, but that's you normal. Just. Okay? I'm not a good guest. You're chatty. I like that. Okay? So that's good. And I uh, we're talking about things that we've never talked about at length before. Okay? Maybe because Jerry's not here. He wouldn't normally let me go on this far, but uh, I you gave me a lot of ideas about uh about ongo- on- onboarding. So so did uh, Michael G Cox. Okay. Okay. What about this? I got a letter today, an email from uh, a woman, I won't mention her name, uh, but essentially she's inviting me to uh, use uh, what I assume is an offshore recruiting uh, team, and she promises forty to fifty percent savings. Okay, now I've read recently that uh, all this working from home for recruiters has convinced uh, employers that. They don't need recruiters in the United States or Canada or, or any first world country. They're going to realize pretty soon that they can just ship it off someplace else for half the price or less. What do you think about that? Do you have an opinion?
2: Uh, oh, boy, do I. Um, <laughs> so uh, I do have an opinion, and I think that while i call it the, a lot of the back-end um, can be done offshore. Um, A lot of the work recruiters do is focused on the uh, candidate's experience. And I think you can't really get the same experience um, with a team that's offshore. Um, you know, the, the kind of casual conversations that happen in the middle of the work conversations. I think that brings a lot of value. From my experience, it brings a lot of value to the process. And these are things that can't be replicated offshore because of cultural differences, um, because color time differences, whatever the case might be. Um, and just based on on very hands-on experience with that. And one of the companies that I've um, recently done work for um, actually was working with an offshore team. You know, yeah, they can do the volume. They can can pull up LinkedIn profiles. They can put them in, in projects. But the actual outreach... Um, and the actual conversation is very difficult to have with an offshore team based on my, my experience and in the industry that I'm in. Um, and adding to that, that a lot of times the candidates, you know, candidates have a bit of a bias. Now I'm, I'm, you know, obviously I have an accent and I'm a, I'm a foreigner and foreign as they come. Um, but that's, you know, well you don't have a bad accent,
1: uh and you don't sound very <laughs> foreign, even though yeah, I can tell I can tell from your name, okay? But, yes. but, but she she sounds foreign to me. Yeah, she sounds good. foreign
0: to me, meaning she's
1: from outside of
0: Texas. <laughs> yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> okay. Hold on a second. You know what I what I get I get from people listening to the show because you don't sound like a Canadian. I, I they think I'm supposed to sound like you know, they do on uh South Park. On South you know? Park okay. Yes, but you don't yeah. say a boot? <laughs> a boot yeah you know i, I, I <laughs> never same heard same it until so far okay okay but but here's here's the here's the thing with with what well, you just mentioned uh about conversation okay and uh let, maybe uh that fits into the building rapport uh category is casual conversation uh, you know the ability to chat with people is, is that important or is it just important to say this is what they want especially for these IT jobs these are the skills they want where have you done them? This is what they're paying. Is that the only important thing? How important is chit chat?
2: I I find chit chat to be extremely important. First of all, um, the generally speaking, the roles that I work with um, are the higher end roles, call it you know six figures. So yeah, they're technical roles, um, but you still interact with your colleagues. You're still a part of the company culture, um, and. These are things that you can assess out based off where did you work, how long did you work there, why did you leave, how much money did you make, did you work with X system, did you work with Y system. That doesn't give you the cultural fit, um, which is something that's really important for retention. It's something that's really important for um, getting the, the good candidates on board. People look for that. People don't come for a job just because of the role. They come for a job because of the people that they met with and the boss that interviewed them that they think they can work with.
1: Okay, but you'll still still end up there, but the recruiter is just making the uh, introduction, doing the initial screen. I'm not convinced. Uh, I I don't have have no experience.
2: Of course. So you you wouldn't want, um, again, and and my experience might be a little different than others because of the types of roles I work with, um, but the candidates that I work with, they get tens or 20 emails a day from recruiters. They get unsolicited phone calls, three, four, five a day. And these guys and girls, these candidates um, are sick of it. And they need to have that personal conversation. They need to know the person on the other line knows the company, knows their stuff, knows the industry, and knows the book. You know, and can answer their questions, and, and that's uh-huh. not you know, something... You know what, I was reading, I, I, I'm sure. going to be
1: talking about this on the show, but I've been listening, actually, on Audible to uh, Malcolm Gladwell talking to strangers, mm-hmm. and he claims that uh, a machine can judge, like when you're judging a uh, um, uh, an accused for bail in a court, uh, mm-hmm. uh, a computer can make better better judgments than a judge. The judge mm-hmm. thinks... Uh, that he or she has to see the the person and talk to them and get a sense if they 've got remorse and they'll they 'll be able to gather you know from this uh, imp- full you know three sixty impression if the person is trustworthy or not and, and they can make a better choice uh, according to malcolm gladwell that 's not true. So I'm wondering if this conversation and getting a feel for the uh, person is really that important. I want to move on to culture because you wrote an article mm-hmm. about that, and yep. you're talking about it now. And I find whenever I actually ask a, a recruiter uh, how do they, they'll say, "Oh yeah, our culture is real important." When I, or, or you know when I say when I say what, what's that. in the culture? Okay, <laughs> we'll say what you have to say. <laughs> okay, but I, I, for instance, I, I remember uh, Donato Di Giorgio. He's been a guest a few times. Now there's a smart guy who was a fantastic recruiter before he went into the software business. I mean, making hundreds of thousands of dollars working on his own. Okay, and uh, and I said, well, what's what's the culture at your company? Work hard, play hard. And he had nothing more to say to that. And I've asked many other people. That's all they have. These one line. You know, kind of meaningless uh, statement. So I, I, I find it, it's no, recru- no recruiter has a checklist that they go through in the intake session with the hiring manager or, or HR to find out what it is about culture. Now, you actually list a whole bunch of things in your article that, mm-hmm. you know, make up the culture. I'm wondering, before I run through that list, how, how do you determine the culture?
2: So I it's think important. determining the culture is not a checklist, right? Determining the culture from an outside recruiter perspective is getting to know the people, getting to know the hiring managers, getting to know the responsibilities different people have. Um, and, and frankly, a lot of it is reading between the lines. Do they reach out to me after 6 p.m. or do they not reach out to me after 6 p.m. If they do, okay, that means – you know, their employees are expected to be available after hours. And we want to make sure that candidates know that and that candidates are comfortable with that. That's just a minor example. And that's not like an intake call item. Um, That really is something that comes from experience and from building the relationship with specific companies. Um, And sometimes I will tell candidates that ask about the company culture, I'll say, look, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I haven't done a a ton of work with them, but based off what I've seen, this this is it. And, And definitely ask the hiring manager about that, see what they have to say.
1: Okay, you know you, that was a, you, you sounded good. I mean, uh, you sound good, but you didn't say anything. Okay, you said, "Well, they say, and, if and they send me." I'm uh, okay. uh, Sorry, <laughs> you, you know this is a <laughs> recruiting animal show. That's fine. Okay. You know, okay. Yeah. But but luckily, you've got a lot of content about this that I I I copied out. So let me let me yeah. just run through it with you. So mm-hmm. first of all, you said that it's important to know, and I, I liked this whether the management sends email to the staff after hours, but you didn't yep. say whether they expect them to reply after hours as well. Yep. And this example of you as a recruiter, especially if you're an yep. external recruiter, mm-hmm. if they send you something after hours, you can't base of course a judgment going to reply. about how they're going to treat their staff like, you better get back to me in 30 minutes if I send you an email at 11 o'clock. You have to ask them. Nobody I've ever exactly. heard of asked that, asked that question.
2: Should So you I will and a recruiter ask a hiring say, manager that? After they uh-huh. email me at 9 p.m., I'll say, uh-huh. hey, like, do, do you guys do that a lot? Like, I know you work globally. or Are these guys expected to be accessible after hours just so I can set, you know, so I can, so I can set the bar in the right place for the candidates? And I do ask that of hiring managers.
1: Let me run – the show's running. We're losing our time. I have this uh, – you say physical setup of the office – is Very important as well, you know is it wide open? do they have private spaces? Uh, if they have private spaces, are there common areas for people to you know with uh, snacks or, or whatever so people can get together and chat so if you're an external recruiter, do you ask to see pictures of the place? did you make sure that you have seen the physical setup is that Is that an absolute necessity for you
2: so my my preferred Answer to that would be if I can come and visit the office, if I can physically go to the office. Um, you know, and some of my clients have the most drab offices, and, and that's a part of their culture because their culture is not you're going to make best friends in the office. Their culture is you come in, you do your work, you go home to your family, and that's okay. Yeah, and some companies I've worked with, they have the foosball, and they have the snack, and the coffee bar, and everything else. And it's a different culture. And as an employee, you might care, you might not. Um, but I think that it's important for us as recruiters to try and kind of relay that to the candidates. And, and okay, to how do you find them, out, though? Let's feel.
1: say you're... Working in the same city you're in Denver yep. right now, but you've been yep. in New york you've been in London, yep. okay yep. so you've worked in a bunch of different places do you say do you say look uh, a hiring manager, I look at your website there's no pictures of the office there. Can you send me some or a video or something like that'll uh, say, say let's that?
2: do a quick no yeah, i'll say let 's do a quick video call like I want to see your office i I want to you know th- these are questions that candidates sometimes ask in regards to the culture um, let me Take me on a video tour of your office. I want to check it out. And and Michael J an Cox and
1: any other recruiter on the line. I've never heard of anyone saying that. Does anyone have the guts <laughs> to ask that or think it's important? Anybody else on the line? MikeRecruiter dot com first. Wake up. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I wanted to see if somebody else would pipe up. Um, no, I, I I really don't ask for a tour or or you know uh, an opportunity to visit but then again i don't have very many clients right now so <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay but you're an experienced recruiter uh, i i i figure that you uh know from from, from your many years of experience, uh, what, what you would like to do, you know, even if he just moved on his own a few months, uh, months ago with many years' experience inside. Yeah, okay, he does no contribution, no contribution you. F- from you. Okay, let's just uh, stick with this. Uh, <laughs> Mike, let, okay. let me ask
2: you a question, though, and, and I think this would help. Do you think it adds value to you as a recruiter where you've seen the office? Do you yeah, think it's, it's, I, don't well, I don't know. I don't know. I like the way it. you
1: described it. I like I like the way you presented it. You know, is it is it just drab and and you know so? But this leads right to the other thing. You say, do they have a monthly or uh, company or team lunches and happy hours and team building activities? Should you be a recruit? Should a recruiter be asking about those things specifically?
2: Uh, I think it depends on who you're trying to attract, and I think that companies that try to attract. Um, candidates that are enticed by that should absolutely ask that. You know, should should have that uh, information available and should be expected to describe that and to give okay, that information. Okay. some
1: candidates and and you, you, some you have to ask them as well. Look, uh, is the candidate expected to go for happy hour? Because some people don't yep. like that, right? Yep, okay. absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. You you also say you, you like to. It's important how they promote their corporate vision and mission statements. Okay. Do they try to embed them somehow in the uh, in the uh, minds of the staff? Uh, do you ask about that? Do you say how do you what's your, what's your propaganda plan or something? Would you ask?
2: So you know. So I'll refer to it. Obviously, most companies have it listed on their website under the about us section. Um, so I will refer to it. I'll, I'll say, hey, you, you write here that your your mission is to change the life of I don't know, under underserved children in sub-Saharan Africa, right? How how do you go about doing that? How do you work towards? That? Um, and sometimes you'll get this like generic, like you said, when you ask about the work culture. You know, sometimes you get this like generic one-liner, and you you have to roll your eyes and kind of write it off. Um, but that also tells you something. That tells me that they're not really embedding it. That it's kind of this like thing that they put up on the wall and they never look back at. Okay, How,
1: what percentage of mission statements and, and core vision statements mean anything? Ninety percent zero? <laughs> oh
2: my God. Um, that's a really good question. I think with larger companies, I would say like 60 to 70, and that would be a stretch. I think with younger companies, um, the division and mission are generally quite unrefined um, and kind of get buried in the back of the closet um, to be, to be okay. quite but honest. But you
1: said it's important to know how they uh, imbue yep. the the, the the staff. So do you actually ask them that? You know, is 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 the mission statement a, a living part of the day to day culture of of the staff members? How does it manifest itself? Do you go into do, come, you know how much
2: weight how much weight do you give that? Does, do you actively try to implement it in your day to day office? Did you ask
1: that? You ask them yeah. that? Is that part of your intake yeah. session?
2: Yeah. Michael G. Cox.
1: Michael, I bet <laughs> Michael G. Cox, he just, he'll I beg have, off. You know. oh, I didn't, I don't have enough <laughs> clients yet. Yeah, Michael G. Cox. Was no, sorry, what was the question? I'll,
0: I'll give you a hard answer. What was the question again?
1: yeah okay, you know, look you're like Jerry, you're busy doing commerce, and I respect that okay. I owe you some extra coffees for for this for this episode No, worries, no worries. Uh, one what was one the day you'll get up. The, you know, I haven't billed my uh client, and the new client is I did a barter job with with him by the way, I'm not getting paid for it okay so uh okay, so the corporate vision emission statements, Michael G. Cox. she claims it's important to know uh if they go out of their way to make sure. That they have a role in the company's everyday life, and would you ask actually the, a new client, "Hey, uh, is, your mission statement says X, Y, Z. Uh, how do you make that a part of uh, uh, the employee's life?" Would you ask them that?
2: No, I, I wouldn't <laughs> ask how. I would ask. It, it, I wouldn't ask how because you know I'm I'm not there to, to do their you know, their their culture stuff. But I will ask. Do you? I will ask. Do you feel like you're 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 implementing your your okay. vision statement? Okay. I'll say, okay. Final, thing you, asked, really final thing you
1: ask. Final thing you ask is a, is, a, is there a strong mentorship? I'm running out of time. I'm, I'm beating this to the ground, but I like it. We'll do this. Okay. Like it, 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 is is there a, is there a, a strong mentorship program? That's the final thing you, you've got listed here. Do you ask that?
2: I do. Absolutely. Um, And in most intake calls, it would actually come out of the uh, hiring manager on their own. Um, It won't come out spelled out as this is our mentorship program. Um, but it will come out as, you know, we're looking for someone that's less experienced, we have the team that will train them, um, or we're looking for someone that's more experienced, they're going to run with this on their own, we have no one else in this role, um, or, or anywhere in between those two. Um, so absolutely, and, and I use that as a selling point, regardless of what the answer is, I use it as a selling point, and I use that to help me assess out candidates that are not right okay. for So you role.
1: don't ask them if there's a mentorship program, you don't ask them how they uh, imp- implement their Their uh, mission statement necessarily, or you know, uh, brainwash their or uh, or (laughs) propagandize it. Okay, you you, kind of dance around this stuff. Uh, I, I I like that at least you laid it out more than anybody, right? But It all comes out in
2: conversation. It really all comes out in conversation. You said it yourself. I'm a chatty person. Like, you, you get these things if you ask for them point blank or not. You read between the lines. Yeah, You know, you maybe I'm on the to,
1: spectrum, to. you know, the autistic spectrum where <laughs> I like to see things nah. spelled out. Okay, and I don't understand it if, if, if they're not. I, I just don't understand spontaneity. Uh, would you, Michael G. Cox, you've listened to me for a long time. Would you say that's true? He's gone. No, no, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> no. Okay, okay. So first, you know, the show's at the end. Let me let me just repeat the sponsors. HireTool, tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, the super duper sourcing tool. Our new sponsor, StaffingDebt.com. If you need a collection, and they also have this backdoor software that detects people who are cheating you, okay, and then they'll go collect the money for you. And it's specifically for recruiters, StaffingDebt.com, Honit, dot tcom the online interview recording technology, and PCRecruiter.net, the Swiss Army knife of recruiting software, MikeRecruiter.com. He's a great guy. Check him out. He's a sales recruiter, Okay and Gal Natel, G A L N A T E L recruiter and contract uh, HR person specifically for startups. Is, is that a is that a fair uh description?
2: I'll take Gal?
1: it. I'll
2: take okay. it. Okay. Sure.
1: Now I'm going to advise you just finally fix your LinkedIn profile, but you're yeah. telling me you, you got so Noted. much business from word of mouth. You don't really need to do that, for, right? Am knock, I right? Is that what knock, you said?
2: knock on, knock on wood. Uh, yes, but you, know, okay. do you,
1: you, Next time you, you come you back, oh, I will right, ask you about business development. I, I will ask you about business development. Okay. Hey
2: sure. everybody! Thank you. <laughs> oh,
1: That can be underestimated. Well, Marco,
0: that is shocking.
1: I'm just jumping
0: in to say that is shocking.
1: Okay, I'm back to listening. Isn't that funny? When I start to talk, finally get a chance to start talking, the mouthpiece comes in. Go ahead, Jer, take over.
2: Well, you know, it's like you're a puppet,
0: and um, and Jer...